Hello, I'm testing if this side of the microphone works. Hey. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to the third podcast episode. I have here with me Julia Templeton, and we're going to be talking about our London trip over spring break. We went with our church who partners with Redeemer Queens Park, which is a church over there. Their church plant just starting up. They have 40 members now, which is double what they came with, which is incredible. But we just got to go with a group of nine people from our church. And we canvassed a little, gave out flyers for their Easter service, packed a few eggs for their Easter egg hunt that they're hosting. And we got to talk to people around Queens Park, Primrose Hill, and Camden Market those areas we got to kind of walk around uh, find people who were sitting by themselves ask how their day was going and pray for them if if they wanted it which was great and we also just got to explore the city so it was really fun we had some sessions with redeemer church and we had some sessions with the church that went really well so jules and i are just going to sit and chat about our time there and what we learned and things that surprised us what our favorite things were and just kind of walk y'all through the week so I'm going to let Julia introduce herself, and then I have some questions for her before we get started. In order to introduce yourself, I have a few questions. First of all, give us your full name, please. Give us your date of birth. I'm just kidding. Social. <laughs> I would like your full name. I would like to know where you grew up, and what is your favorite book of the Bible? My full name is Julia Ann Templeton. I grew up in Trinity, Florida, just outside of Tampa. My favorite book of the Bible is Hebrews. My favorite book of the Bible is also Hebrews. Look at us. Look at us. Meant to be. Okay. So, nine people went on this trip. Jake, Rachel, Chris, Jonathan, Anna, Sierra, Hope, me, and Jules. I am going to give you five people that went on this trip. Four people that went on this trip. <laughs> and you're going to have to give me one word to describe them. These four people are Jake, Rachel, Chris, Jonathan. Go ahead. Jake, um, it's kind of two words, but scatterbrained. Rachel, mom. Chris, chaos. And Jonathan, British. I would have to agree with all of those. Now, my one word for you. Oh, I didn't give you a word. That's okay. That's okay. My one word for you would have to be down. Down for it all. Down for the count. Down for no, the vibes. that's not good. <laughs> oh, you're right. Not down for the count. <laughs> Everything but down for the count, <laughs> but down for the vibes. Okay, so I think that people want to know why. Why did we go on this journey? Why did we go on this trip together? So please explain. <laughs> um, I think the obvious answer is to share the gospel. Why I personally decided to go, I couldn't tell you. I just was handed a flyer with the list of mission trips that are happening through City Church this year, and I said, yeah, I want to go to London. Why? No idea. But I did. So, yeah. That's honestly a great reason. Great reason. Better than not going. Um, I would say the reason that I went was because of you. I will say. Okay, yes. Anyways, I went to London because of you, because one Tuesday night, you had signed up and I had not, and I was planning on doing it, but like, uh, wasn't really like I don't know I was just Can not leave me no I, no <laughs> I wasn't gonna leave you I just I just like it was weird because I had like had this desire for missions but I just didn't sign up and I just didn't really pl I was like yeah I'll go and then it just never happened and then all of a sudden you signed up and I was like whoa 
okay, maybe I should sign up. And then you really just pushed me that Tuesday night when there were only three spots left to go. And then I signed up and I went and you changed my whole life. So it's really come full circle here. You really dragged me to London. I dragged you to that library that one night and then left you there for dead. I feel like you need to tell that story. Yeah, okay. So <clears throat> Julie and I met freshman year, right? Walking to launch at Langford, if, if you know, you know. And she's wearing a launch shirt, right? And some one girl turns around and she's like, oh my gosh, you're wearing a launch shirt. And I whip my head around and I see it. And she's just walking by herself. So I kind of, you know, linger. And I start talking to her. We walk over to the, the green together. We're chatting, whatever. We kind of get separated. But I don't know who, I, I think Jules got my Snapchat or I asked for hers. I don't know. Somehow we got each other's snaps. And Julia texted me over Snap after that right oh that's not what happened. i'm gonna let julia tell the story so after launch jacob kite actually was planning on getting a big group together to go study at strozier and emily and jacob both convinced me to go even though i was like i don't know any of these 25 people that are about to be packed in a room together but they made me go we get there we're studying whatever Emily, the only person I knew I knew at the time in this room, goes, I have to go back to my room to print something real quick. So she goes, whatever. This woman never came back. She left me alone in a room with 20 strangers and didn't even tell me that she wasn't coming back. I kind of just had to figure it out myself. What's funny is, didn't you ask where I was or something? And they were all like, yeah, she's not coming back. No, when they did asked, oh. I said, I don't think she's coming back because it had been 45 minutes and you live next to Strozier. Yeah, so I was a flake, but we're here today and we're thriving. Yeah, so now take a, we're going to go through the week that we had. So day one, what, what happened? Other than, I guess we can start with the trip there, going to the airport, that whole journey, jet lag, and then go into day one. Well... Um, We left our house at about four in the morning on Friday. Our flight left at 6.30 or 7.30 Friday morning. Um, And so we met everyone at the airport. We got on the plane. We flew to Atlanta, Atlanta to JFK, and then JFK to London. We had four-hour layovers in both airports. Um, And then we landed in London about... 6.30 on Sunday. I lied. (laughs) We left at 4 a.m. on Saturday, not Friday. The rest was true. And then, so we landed 6.30 London time on Sunday. We were not allowed to sleep. So Emily and I had been up since Thursday at this point, or since Friday, because we didn't sleep the night before. So we had been up however many hours that is. We weren't allowed to go to sleep after that because we didn't want to be jet lagged. And so they kept us awake and we went on a tour. Before the tour, the nine of us all fell asleep in a Starbucks across the couches and the tables and the chairs. Um, There's a picture somewhere. So we took a quick nap and then we met up with the second church, um, Providence, who was also there partnering with Redeemer for the week. There were about double the amount of them. We met them for lunch and they were all full of energy because they had already been there a day and recovered from the jet lag. So we were living zombies. We got lunch. 
Um, and then we all went on just a landmarks tour around London, seeing Big Ben, Buckingham Palace, you know, all the touristy things, literally just so we would all stay awake. Worst day of my life and best at the same time. But like, I wanted to die. I think we all did. There was one point on the tube on the way back to the hotel when we were finally allowed to go to sleep that I looked at Jake, who was one of our leaders, and I said, I'm so tired. I feel physically ill. I thought I was dying. And I think we were all on that same page. So yeah, I went to bed at 7, before 7 p.m. and slept for 14 hours that night. Yeah, my experience was literally the exact same. I felt, I was so tired. Apparently my eyes were bloodshot that first day and I looked like death but no one told me until the next day which was so kind of them and considerate but yeah my eyes were bloodshot i couldn't think straight meeting the other church was really fun and i really enjoyed it but i was definitely not myself but it was a good time and i agree it was definitely best day worst day of my life so what was your favorite thing about the first day also sleeping in that starbucks was a freaking gift from heaven like that yeah anyways they usually london doesn't really have a lot of public i don't know it's just not a place like normally in america you'll go sit in a coffee shop or sit there are a lot of places to like sit down and just lounge for hours but london is very like hustling and bustling all the time so normally you don't see a lot of people sitting around places so having a group of nine people laying spread out in their downstairs sitting area it's probably a little weird for them but thankfully no one kicked us out so very grateful for that But anyway, so yeah, what was your favorite thing about day one? Going back to the sleeping in the Starbucks, you also have to remember that the naps, alleged naps that we took were like 20 minutes. We weren't there for hours. But my favorite part of the first day, I don't think it was a specific like moment or interaction or anything. I think it was just the adrenaline that kicked in. I kind of got like a second wind once we started the tour. So like we had met everyone we met everyone at Redeemer, whatever, we were all as a group kind of stepping outside into like downtown London for the first time um, because the morning we had spent closer to our hotel, which was definitely close to downtown, but also in a smaller part, I feel like. So I think just starting that tour and getting that second wind and the adrenaline kicking in of like oh my goodness we're actually like in london you know like it's actually happening yeah that makes sense and i would probably agree that doing that tour might have been my favorite just getting to finally be with the other church actually see london meet thomas because i'd never met him before we met him at lunch obviously but he was chatting with like our leaders and his church and whatever so just seeing them interact almost getting hit by a car was (laughs) I genuinely, like, feared for my life in that moment because Londoners just do not care. So that was a little that was a little nerve-wracking, but it was really fun. It was a good time seeing we saw Oxford, right, Oxford Street, and then Piccadilly Square. Um, walking that road was probably one of my favorites. So after that, obviously, went home, went to bed at, like, 7 p.m., like you said, and then we woke up the next day. So day two walk us through day two we spent at saint james or inspire saint james um so a little church in london we spent the day in kind of like sessions and trainings almost we heard a sermon from thomas we heard thomas and his wife elizabeth's kind of story and how they got to london um and then we had another session on kind of like the goals and logistics of the week and what we were there to do and you know, kind of just starting to get our minds in the mindset of 
the mission. Um, so yeah, we spent the day doing those sessions. Um, we started at like 10 and it went until four. And then that evening was a free evening. And so Emily and I, I mean the whole group, but we were really the only ones that cared. We went to Waterstones. It was a three story bookstore. Absolutely wild. And then we kind of just like walked the streets of London. We found this cute little donut shop that had fancy donuts named after celebrities and then we went to like an arcade food hall for dinner. We we kind of just toured the streets of London, stopped where we wanted to stop, just looking around, you know, first night in London. There was no agenda, kind of just we ended up where we ended up. That was the second day. The second day was really nice just to hear Thomas talk and to get a feel for his passions, what he wanted us to know about his church, and to just to hear his story was really cool because I had no idea how Redeemer started. I just knew that Ashlyn knew Thomas somehow. So that was really cool. And just to hear more about the church and why we were there, what they wanted for us. He kind of set expectations for us very low, which was really nice. And he just kind of told us that his goal is not for us to all come to London and be missionaries or to even be missionaries in general. His goal really was just to get us, you know, prepared, help, help us help them and to just see what it might be like to be on mission and just to be trained up in that aspect, which was really cool. I will say my favorite thing about day two was probably that donut. We, <laughs> we got... A cookie butter donut it was like stuffed with cookie butter and then had a cookie like the bischoff cookie butter and then had a little cookie on top and then we got we got the bruno mars donut which had a bueno bar on top and was stuffed with i think the stuff that's in bueno bars the hazelnut filling or whatever and that was the moment that i fell in love with bueno bars and they are now my favorite candy bar i hate hazelnut but whatever is in that is bueno okay that's why they call it bueno bars just saying so that was my favorite part honestly what was yours honestly i think my favorite part was before the first session and during lunch just getting to have actual conversations with people at redeemer but like more than just thomas before like all of the sessions started we got to talk to tilly who lives in london so she was super sweet and we kind of just got to talk about like how she ended up in london where she's from stuff like that and then at lunch we got to know teddy love teddy he's great he does a lot of like the videography and like photography for redeemer and he's just super sweet and so getting to know him and kind of hearing about his life in London because he was born there and so I think those were my favorite parts of the day. I will say he just reminded me when we sang a little bit of worship music that was really cool because I remember the first song we sang we were just singing and in my head I was like I'm singing with a group of Christians in London where majority of the population doesn't even know who the god we worship is so I just remember thinking that and I was like wow like that's just really cool that was a cool moment. But yeah, Teddy's a king. He commented on my shoes and said they were cool, so I will forever wear those shoes. Anyways, um, so yeah, that was day two, which was really fun. 
and now day three day three was incredible day three we were led by teddy's dad actually ben virgo he took us on a christian heritage tour of all of the christian landmarks in london we saw saint paul's cathedral we saw saint bartholomew's church which is the oldest church in london from like the 1100s or something it's also this is my favorite fact for some reason it's also where benjamin franklin learned how to use the printing press it was an absolutely incredible tour ben virgo is a king love him so then after that we had another free evening we went to brick lane which was a little sketch on the way over there i will say but we went and there was this hot chocolate place or i guess it was like a chocolatier and they would like shave the chocolate right in front of you whatever super cool delicious hot chocolate um much needed walking through that freezing cold weather with not enough layers so emily and i went into a bookshop and then the rest of the group just went into whatever stores they found appealing and we kind of hung out in brick lane for a little bit then we were standing guys this might be my favorite part of that day <laughs> we were standing in like i say alley but like it wasn't a sketchy one like it was an open alley and like strip of stores but we were standing there trying to figure out what we were gonna do for dinner and this homeless man came up to us asking if we had any pounds and most of us were saying no but jonathan was very kind and pulled some out of his lululemon crossbody as that was happening i guess a security guard for the alley like he literally just stands at the end and watches the alley he came up and was trying to usher the homeless man away from us and that was happening at the same time that jonathan was handing the money to jake to give to him just because jake was closer and this man takes (laughs) this man takes the money from jake and kisses his hand and jake like snatches his hand back and was like no thank you that's okay and then he was like it looked like the homeless man was dancing so the security guard's still trying to usher him away and he's actually trying to make the guy give the money back um and was saying like that's not okay whatever and he's not allowed to be here all this stuff and so the homeless man gives the security guard the money to give back to Jake. But as he goes to do it, he ends up just like throwing it at the ground. And you know, this story probably sounds so dumb without having seen it, but it was hilarious. I just, for the rest of the trip, the man kissing Jake's hand was an ongoing joke. That scenario is probably my favorite part of that day. And one of my favorite parts of the trip (laughs) um but yeah that that day was really cool the christian heritage tour was it changed my perspective just on christianity i mean not my perspective obviously but just like the appreciation i have for the men and women who built these christian foundations and even just the churches that they established things like that it was just really cool to like have a name to put to these stories and even when we were on the tour john newton wrote amazing grace and so we were in a church that john newton attended i guess or visited and we had the organ player actually play amazing grace and we got to sing it in that church which was absolutely insane and so that was really cool and just to see how old the city was and to know that there there were these men like William Wilberforce, John or John Tyndale, William Tyndale, some, John one of the Tyndales. 
just these really impactful men who built the city of London and honestly the rest of the world who built it on Christian foundations. Like we learned that, you know, St. Bartholomew, there's a St. Bartholomew hospital and a Christian started that. There was a, an asylum, I think, that got shut down by a Christian. There was a suicide hotline that got started by a Christian. And so it was just really cool to see how these Christians influence the world that at least right now, London has no idea about, or at least doesn't appreciate. And it's literally right in front of them. Like they walk by these places and have no idea the history behind it or why it matters. And so I just thought that that was really cool. But yeah. A couple things going off that. Um, ben during the tour was saying how so many of the churches aren't even acting as churches anymore. Like they're buildings with offices or apartments or, you know, who knows what. They're just churches that are no longer churches. And so I think that's really sad. But I also think the tour was so cool. Just seeing the faithfulness of these men and women. I saw an Instagram post today actually that said like you're a Christian because a Christian did something like another Christian did something. And so going through this tour for six hours of our day and just seeing the faithfulness and all of what these Christians were doing in their lifetime was absolutely incredible yeah that's a really good way to put it and jake was even was kind of saying he was talking about the cloud of witnesses and talking about how we were going to go out canvassing or prayer walking or praying for people and it's like we can do that with confidence and with a boldness because of this cloud of witnesses yes that is in heaven and that is around us now today wherever we're living but especially in london like there's there really aren't any physical christians around us i mean unless you count redeemer but you know you know what i mean like you literally have men and women from history who you can look to and who are ushering you to do the same thing based on their stories and their beliefs which was really cool and i just really like that a lot this is random but didn't that night we went to that like pub or whatever and i got those nachos and we sat with <laughs> those nachos are yeah. really good bro yeah we went to this pub that night for dinner and I got nachos that were very yummy, which is really irrelevant to the story, but I just wanted to talk about that. Also, at this pub, we had this waiter, and he was the definition of a Russian man. Like, the short words, like, straight to the point, did not want to have any extra conversation. Like, he was in a hurry, and he mumbled and had big hands, and he was very scary. <laughs> That's all. It was a good time. Everyone was making fun of him afterwards, and I, yeah, it was, it was funny. So, that was day three. Did I already ask you what your favorite thing was? Have we discussed that yet? I mean, I feel like the Christian Heritage Tour in general was, like, just one encompassing thing. If if I had to pick a favorite thing from the tour, that's a really hard question because there's a lot. I think, honestly, I think one of my favorite things from the tour was really just seeing Amazing Grace in that church. I was like, what the heck? It just boggled my mind. And also... <laughs> Going inside these churches and just seeing how beautiful they were, but just being hit by the reality that nobody uses them. Like, what the heck? So, yeah, that was really cool. What was your favorite thing? I don't know if it's my favorite, but definitely top three or one of the top three would be about Thomas Cranmer, who I can't remember exactly what he signed, but he signed a paper basically denying Christ's teachings. And later he was... I don't know if he was imprisoned or how it happened, but he was going to be burned alive. He, like, repented 
and was going to be burned and he stuck his hand that he signed the paper with that denied Christ into the fire and watched his hand basically burn off um, before he was completely burned. But I just thought it was cool that he, you know, took the specific part of him that denied Christ and killed it first. Because it reminds me of the analogy where it's like, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If you're, you know, because it's better to go into heaven missing limbs than it is to go into hell with your full body. And so I just thought that was a really cool story. Speaking of that, there was like a group of them, either two or three, and they were all being executed together. And they were walking out into the courtyard together. And one of them looked back to the other and just whispered something encouraging. And he said that one of them was walking out smiling, looking like it was his wedding day. And or that's how somebody described him after he died. So it was just cool to see like with the story about Thomas Cranmer and then even these other guys just like in that moment, they weren't discouraged They weren't hopeless. They didn't feel all that they did was for nothing. They still had hope and they were still talking to each other and saying like, hey, I'm going to see you in heaven, that kind of thing. And so it was just cool to see that they had that much confidence in what they believed. So it's like I can also have that much confidence in what I believe. Even when I'm going to go walk up to somebody and just ask if I can pray for them, I'm not going to be executed, you know, so I don't have to worry about that. And they did. So I should be 10 times more bold. So that is day three. Wow. Oh my goodness. This is, this is going to be a long one, guys. So now we're on to day four. Day four was fun. Day four was getting into the nitty gritty. So let's hear. What, what did we do on day four? We went out with, well, actually, backtrack. We first went to the Redeemer Queens Park offices and we met with Seth and Louise who were kind of handling the setup for Easter. We spent some time hearing from Louise and hearing his testimony and how he came to London. Honestly, a little bit from Seth too. And then we spent a solid hour in prayer before we went out and canvassed for the Easter egg hunt that they're putting together. That hour in prayer was just really encouraging. Um, We prayed over everything from the church itself to the literal flyer like pieces of paper that were about to go through doors and then we went over to some of the neighborhoods nearby and we went door to door sticking easter egg hunt flyers into the little mail slots in london which by the way i did not think those were real and i was very pleased when i saw that they were super cute but um we went door to door doing that we also had some conversations with anyone that we were able to we didn't get as many conversations as we did the following day which we'll get to but we did have a couple conversations um and everyone was really receptive which was also super encouraging. A lot of the kids that we got to see were just super excited and were like, please sign us up, you know, just excited for Easter egg hunt, super fun. So we did that. Um, We went through, wasn't it like a thousand flyers or something? It was something insane. And then we ran into a British lady that was asking for money and got mad when we wouldn't give her money and called us awful Americans, even though she's not British. And then we went to a faith and work workshop from one of the elders in the church. His name was David Brown. There were like seven Davids over there. (laughs) They have 40 people and half of them are Davids. He did a faith and works 
workshop for us and kind of talked about living missionally within the professional world and kind of making an emphasis on like you don't have to be a missionary or a church planner to live missionally at work like he talked about how he runs three like locations of a business and lives missionally at work like he's came to London from North Carolina with Thomas not to be on staff at the church not to be a missionary like he came to continue doing what he was doing in America but just be a faithful church member at a new church his goal coming over here wasn't to work for the church or you know do anything within the church specifically other than be faithful to a church and so that was super cool to see on the way to that emily got hissed at by (laughs) i can't even say it emily got hissed at by an old man um she can also explain (laughs) explain that story some more i really enjoyed flyering and just walking around town seeing some families we were in can where were we oxford Camden I don't know we were somewhere that there were a lot of neighborhoods and Kilburn we were in Kilburn and so it was cool to see all the houses and there were families and like kids walking around so it was cool to just like walk up to them and most of them were really receptive Uh, there are a few stories like with Jake and Sierra and all them where they're like yeah they asked for more it was so cool they were so excited all the kids really wanted to go which was cool and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are indifferent. Like they see an Easter egg hunt and it's with a church and they're like, okay, I mean, sounds like fun. Whereas if that were here, they'd be like, oh, a church hosting an Easter egg hunt? Mm-mm. You know? So I, I think to an extent, like the, the indifference there, it's like, it's probably really hard to get them to care about it. But at the same time, they're probably more willing to go to things, which was really cool to see. And then the man hissing at me is just, <laughs> I didn't do anything to provoke this <laughs> And I was walking, me and Anna were just, I think it was Anna, we're just walking together, minding our business, walking along the sidewalk, and this man's walking by me in the opposite direction. I'm like, okay, whatever. This man is like hunched, I don't know if he was homeless or why, I think he was homeless. He's like hunched over, and I'm looking at him, and he looks at me, and he just hisses. And I was like, no way that just happened. But I look at Anna, and she's like, no way. So it happened, it really did. And, um, it was a character defining moment. It really just, I don't, I don't know what it did for me, but it did something. So that was fun. And yeah, that day was really cool. It was really nice. We got stranded at a bus stop, got rained on. It was a good time. So it was fun. The rain was not doing us any favors. My favorite thing about day four would honestly probably be the faith in your works, the workshop we did. Like that just put it in a completely new perspective for me and made me think about how you can be in a professional workspace and still be on mission. I don't know. It just made everything click for me. So I really liked that. What was your favorite, Julia? Honestly, mine was the same. I feel like we are surrounded as Christians by people pushing church plants and missions and you know, going on mission trips and moving for missions. And, you know, that is all great and it's all needed. But, like, we're not all called to do that. Like, I am not called to plan a church. I am not called to be a missionary. Like, I just don't think that is in the cards for me. Like, that's just not where I'm supposed to be. For years now, I've been surrounded by this push for that. And I've always felt this, not that I... It almost feels like I can't be mission-minded unless I'm in a mission setting. 
And I don't think that's fair. And so hearing that workshop was just really comforting to know that like I can be mission minded. I can do just as much as missionaries or church planners or, you know, whoever without doing that as a career. You know, like every Christian is called to live missionally and you don't have to move halfway across the world to do that. And so I think hearing his sermon was just very encouraging. And he is so intelligent. Some of the, um, like, comparisons and analogies and references he made just absolutely blew my mind and made several theological things click. Yeah, he's so smart. And one of, I'm going to butcher it, but, like, one of the analogies he was saying was just talking about what it looks like to have a missionally-minded business and like profession and he was saying in short and very simply he was kind of saying don't you want something like to be good enough or at least do your best to make something good enough on this earth for it to be taken into heaven with you like don't you want to do your work or build your business well enough so that it can be as good as it possibly can be to be brought into heaven with you if you want to know more about it come ask me or julia or whatever but like there's a lot more to that and theologically just to make it make sense um but i just tried to simplify it that was kind of the basis of what he said but yeah it was really cool and so i really liked that day a lot and so now on today five which is just so wonderful in so many different ways so day five what did we do day five we went with another david um into camden town and over near primrose hill and regions park and we went he his goal while he's over there he's only over there for two years as he's going through at3 um he did two years as an imb journeyman um and now he's doing two more years over there through at3 and in his two years he's trying to kind of build up a young adults ministry within the church which is why we were over near camden town and primrose and all of those places and so we went with him we first went to his flat not his apartment his flat and we kind of just spent a good chunk of time in prayer again before we went out did like a little devotion kind of prepared our hearts And then we all split up into teams of two. Emily and I were on a team, of course. So we kind of walked through those three different areas and we would just go up to people and ask if we could pray for them, if they needed prayers, stuff like that, and tried to lead that into more spiritual conversations and inviting them to the young adult events going on. We talked to five different girls, all fantastic interactions. Most of them were from America and just visiting, which made it difficult to invite them to Redeemer's events just because they don't live there. But we still had great conversations with them. They were all pretty receptive. We did meet one girl from France who's living in London, and she was she was just what we needed from the Lord that day. She had just come from an interview, and she was just so encouraging. She was so receptive and she seemed genuinely interested in the events and so it kind of just felt like a win for us yeah she really she was one of the last people we talked to so it really was just like the icing on the cake like the lord knew that that's kind of just the encouragement we needed so we had talked to three girls before her all of which were from america and they were really nice you know we prayed for a couple of them she just chatted with them 
and that was nice but obviously you can't invite someone from america to redeemer so we were kind of just like dang like it was nice but we wanted to find somebody who lived there who we could actually invite so i'm pretty sure jules saw this girl and was just kind of like oh maybe her um and she was like walking across the lawn onto the sidewalk that we were walking on and it had been you know a couple hours it was getting around the time that we needed to go meet back up with people so we were kind of like do we go say anything i don't know and she seemed like she was on her way somewhere but there was this bench like a couple feet in front of her and so me and jules start going sit on the bench sit on the bench and she sits on the bench and we're like no way ain't no way so she has airpods in too and so jules had this idea of taking out a flyer first and then going up to her which was super smart because it would get her to take out her airpods and make it a little less awkward and so she takes out her airpods she's like hey what and we hand her the flyer and so we just kind of tell her um we're from america we're visiting we're partnering with redeemer uh we're walking around asking people how to pray for them and so we asked how we could pray for her or if there was anything she needed prayer for and she goes actually yeah and just tells us about this interview she just had for an internship she tells us what it's for what she's doing in london that kind of thing and we sit down and we're like can we pray with you here right now and she's like i'm not a christian so i don't know and we're like yeah no we can still do it so we sit and we pray with her so we start talking to her about the flyer and we start telling her about the young adults ministry that david's trying to start up and she's looking at the days trying to figure out which day would work for her and so she seemed interested so we asked do you want to give us your number and we can give it to the church and they can reach out to you you could get community there and she seemed interested she gave jules her number jules put it in the little google sheet that we have of all the people to reach out to and um so that was really cool and she was just so sweet she asked if we were from there and or if we lived there and we were like no and it just broke our hearts because we wanted to be able to stay there and just like be friends with her because she was so sweet that honestly was probably the moment where i was like mm-hmm. I should probably come back to this place. I should probably be here long, long term. But yeah, so that was a really good, good time. So after that, we went and met back up with the rest of our group, kind of debriefed on all of the conversations we had. Um, And then so there were tube strikes happening for a couple days that we were there so we couldn't take the tube so we were on the bus but so was literally everyone else and so traffic was terrible and we were sitting on this bus on our way i want to say to a pub kind of just to burn time before we went back to the church and we're all standing there jam-packed all together right on top of each other super fun um the bus is not moving we've been like stuck for a solid 10 minutes um and Emily points out a lady sitting reading a book and Jake was closest to her at the time and so he started the conversation but he asked what her book was and Emily noticed it because it had the word bible on it it wasn't a bible but it was something about the bible and so Jake starts talking to her and turns out she's a new believer and she's reading this book and it's teaching how the old and new testament kind of go together and how there's like this overarching theme and kind of the connections between the two testaments and so you know jake's just having normal conversation with her because we're not moving we gave her chris actually happened to take like a it wasn't an easter or like a young adult flyer but when we were at the offices he took just like a 
general Redeemer Queens Park flyer. And so he gave it to her and she stuck it in her book as like a bookmark. And um, she had kind of just been, she was talking about how she had been looking for a church and, you know, she's a new believer, so she doesn't really have a church. And, you know, she's kind of just still trying to figure all of that out. And so it was really cool to just see the Lord place a Christian in front of us in a city that there are so few you know, and so that was really cool, and I'm really hoping that she actually goes. So yeah, that happened, and then we ended up just getting off the bus. It hadn't moved, and so we were like, all right, let's just walk somewhere, and so we went to another pub, again, just burning time, and then we went back to Inspire St. James, the church we had met in the second day, and we just had, you know, a final teaching from Thomas and a night of, like, prayer and worship, and that was just so amazing like absolutely incredible and we kind of just like closed our time all together it was us the redeemer staff and people and then providence as well also during the like the day i'm currently talking about and the easter egg flyer day providence was doing the opposite so when we were flyering for easter they were in primrose and camden praying for people and then vice versa but so we came back together to kind of just close our time and spend it in fellowship together that was probably the best way to end the week i couldn't have done it better ashlyn spoke a little bit before thomas got up there just talking about her experience with she was talking about imb and then at3 which are two pathways uh, that you can kind of take in order to come help Redeemer or get to London. She was walking through that. She works with AT3, so she was just kind of mapping that out for us. And then they had a little Q&A. And then Thomas, when he preached, that man preached, I guess Jake timed it and said it was over an hour. And he was talking, I think the main message, he was talking about this guy named Tychicus. Is that what he called it? Tychicus? who worked with Paul, I guess. He's the man behind the curtain, basically, is what Thomas was saying. And that you see Paul, you know Paul, you love Paul, but there are people who are working with Paul behind him in the background, making it so that Paul can be the man that he is. And so it was just a really cool, refreshing reminder that you don't have to be the name or the face of the church or the ministry or whatever it is. And that really settled my heart because I struggle with that a lot of, am I doing enough? Am I even making an impact? And it's like, yeah, you are. You're one of the women behind the mirror or behind the curtain, you know? So it was just really nice to hear that and be reminded of that. So fave thing about day five, Julia. I think the night we spent at the church with just all of the prayer and worship, I cried. But I think that was my favorite. I also think the conversation and just seeing the connection with the lady that was on the bus was another big one for me. I would agree. I definitely think, yeah, I think my favorite thing was probably, and I guess there's three, it was probably Hella, which is the girl from France, and then Susanna? Susie. Susie. Sorry. Susie. Susie, who was on the bus. And yeah, just that night was cool. And it was honestly so sad to have to say goodbye to the people of Providence. Genuinely broke my heart, but it's fine. We'll see him again. We'll be reunited. So that was that day. Next day six. Do we remember what happened on day six? Let's let's get into that chaos. Day six was our free day. Oh boy. Where do I even begin? Most of our day. So Jake and Rachel, our leaders, had like a leader's lunch or I guess it was a brunch. And so we were all 
off on our own without our parents for a couple hours. So we kind of just went shopping for a little bit. I think the majority of Friday during the day was shopping, getting little souvenirs and, you know, all of the fun stuff. Later that evening, we went to Borough Market, which is this cute, exactly what it sounds like, a cute little market. Um, I got a fantastic cannoli. Um, Emily got fudge, several different kinds of fudge. (laughs) Ate it all. (laughs) Ate it all before we left Borough Market. And then we just got like dinner and kind of explored the market. Um, That was super cute. And then we went to Champagne at the Shard, except we didn't get champagne. So for those of you that don't know, the Shard is the tallest building in Europe. Not in England, in Europe, the continent. (laughs) So yeah, we go to this 72-story building, and it's all glass, and you kind of just overlook the city, and it was absolutely incredible and such a nice way to end the trip so we did that and then we kind of just walked a couple more landmarks in the dark we walked to and across the tower bridge past the tower of london and i think that was it not gonna lie if anybody who was on the london trip is listening to this this might be a hot take the shard was so underwhelming i will say I enjoy heights. I loved seeing London from somewhat of a bird's eye view, but I thought that there was going to be, so the shard, like on the 72nd floor, it is like outside, but there's glass. So obviously the people won't jump, but I was kind of hoping that it was just going to be a railing. (laughs) So I was a little disappointed. I will say. I will also say at one point I looked at Jake and I said, you know, not in a sad way, I really wish I could jump. I wanted to jump off that building. Not to, like, get hurt or anything. I just wanted to feel the rush of jumping off of that building and the wind. And then Jake thought I was absolutely insane for that. Maybe I am. I don't know. Then, so that's day six. That's the last day we were there. And then we left the next day at, like... 6 a well we i guess we woke up at like five and left around like six to get a plane at like eight something there was a lot in between everything we just talked about i would also like to add that there were a lot of moments in between these stories of absolute chaos between the nine of them that we can't even put into words i don't remember who i was talking to but jake and i were talking to someone and genuinely i'm bonded to these eight people the way I will never be bonded to anyone else. Like, spending eight days together traveling to London and spending every waking moment with them through exhaustion and, you know, hunger and, you know, all of the things, I just will never look at these people the same in the best way, of course. It was interesting to see these kind of walls come down and just be like oh that's who you really are you know and so that was cool and I'm honestly grateful that it was such a small team because I don't think with a larger team there would have been able to be a little less structure or you know people to be trusted as much and just people to be as crazy as they were so it was a really good time and I highly recommend anyone else do it I do have a few more questions one two three four five to be exact So, my question for you, and I guess I can answer maybe possibly, I don't know. What are you going to do with what you've learned? I may not be completely successful at this, but I would like to be as bold here as I was in London. 
Like we went and we straight up just walked up to random strangers and asked how to pray for them. Like never in a million years would I have considered doing that here. But now that I have done it in a foreign country where I'm sure it is a lot less accepted, I would like to be that bold here, especially because it is so easy. You know, I'm constantly surrounded by people my age and it doesn't even have to be people my age, but like the amount of coffee shops we go to or, you know, the time I spend shopping at Target with half of Florida State. It is so easy to be bold if I would just do it. The opportunity is there and so I would just like to take it from now on. I wholeheartedly agree with you. That's definitely what I'm going to try to do and we can definitely encourage each other in that. And I think London definitely prepared us for that and gave us even just that desire and probably instinct to do that now, which is so helpful. So yeah, it was was a really great experience. Okay, so next question. I guess this is kind of in the same vein, but a little less specific, a little more broad, but just in general, how did this trip influence you spiritually, emotionally, mentally? What did this trip kind of leave you with? For one, I think it left me with a lot of encouragement after seeing, like from that Christian heritage tour, seeing several faithful Christians and how faithful they were and such like as Christians they had it way worse than I did and seeing them be way more faithful than I have been is one convicting but it's also very encouraging knowing that they were still filled with so much joy I'm definitely left with encouragement I spent most of that day during the tour and afterwards kind of thinking to myself like if I were in this situation would I have been that faithful if I were Thomas Cranmer and I had signed you know that same paper would I have been faithful enough to sit there and watch my hand burn off or like would I have joyfully went to my execution like the guys you were talking about because going I mean I don't know if I would. Honestly, probably not. And I would like to be that faithful. So I think encouragement is one of the main things that I was left with. But I also think I was left with a much greater passion for the Lord, of course, but also missions specifically. I've always been interested in missions and I didn't know what that looked like for me. And I still kind of don't. But I think actually going on a mission trip and going to a foreign country where it is so dark after being surrounded by the Bible Belt of America my entire life, it gave me this passion for missions that like, I don't know who it was one of the first nights that, but they were, I think it was David during the Faith in Your Workplace workshop. He was talking about how these influential cities have a mini version of the nation's. In London, you can reach the entire world just because of the amount of people that go there from different countries. Seeing those influential cities being so dark, but being so accessible. I could move to London, not saying that I personally will reach the nations, but Seth was telling us that story about the man from Pakistan who went to London, became a Christian, and then left London to take the gospel back to Pakistan. I think it definitely left me with a passion for missions and a passion for 
the lost in the world outside of America? Because another question that we were left with, um, I think Thomas actually reflected on this himself when deciding to be a church planner in London. He would ask himself, can I stay in my Bible Belt Southern city knowing that there are one people completely capable of what I'm doing in this church here and two that there are people this lost with no one to reach them in other countries so yeah encouragement and passion what surprised you about London when you got there honestly probably the diversity I don't know what I expected but I didn't expect like we heard more foreign languages than we did British accents and I think that surprised me and I mean, it goes back to the mini version of the nations in a country. Like, I did not expect a mini version of the nations in a city. Yeah, I just think I expected less diversity, and I didn't realize how influential of a city London was. And then, of course, the little British things, like all of the words that, like, a lift is an elevator, or... A rubbish bin is a garbage can. A queue is a line. You know, all of the fun words that people would say. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, bud. Sorry. I also, one other thing that surprised me a lot more than I expected was that it was a lot more similar to America than I thought it would be. And just in terms of like the vibes and the buildings and, you know, the flow of things like people would say that it is a lot like New York City. And I've never been in New York City, so I don't know, but it feels like it could be an American city. And so I think that surprised me. I agree with you on the diversity. I yeah, also don't really know what I was expecting, but it did surprise me that there were so many people just from different places speaking different languages minding their business because there is a little bit of diversity here at least on florida state's campus like a little bit nothing compared to london but it's like even then there's this sense that i don't know how to explain it but it's not like they could just go around minding their business looking no one would look like no one would think twice about them just hanging out working somewhere whatever you typically in America, I do not see a Muslim girl working as, as a cashier. I just don't see that very often. And the fact that it was just so common over there was just so cool and so special. And it's like they don't have to worry about, you know, I, I'm sure there is some prejudice, but it's like it, it seems as if like it is just normal. That is just their culture. And it was really cool to see them just living and just having normal lives and it was nice to be around different people. So it was really nice to just be able to talk to people from different backgrounds, different cultures. What you were saying, honestly, I have a really bad perception of what foreign countries look like because of history books and because I've never been and because nobody depicts them the way that they actually are. And so I went to London. It did look a lot like New York City, but it was so much better, so much cleaner, so much more organized. People weren't people didn't really talk to each other but it wasn't like them like suffocating you you know mobbing you down the streets like in new york and the technology is years ahead of ours it it was honestly better than new york city in my opinion i would rather live in london than in new york city and it would be worth the money to live in london rather than in new in new york so yeah that was cool last thing this is the last question guys so get ready what surprised you about the group that we went with? How well we all worked together without 
having known each other. Like, I knew a couple of them, and I knew of the rest. So no one was, like, this complete stranger going into it. And we had met each other a couple times beforehand through, like, trainings and all of that. But, like, we all would feed off of each other, like, in terms of vibes. And so we all worked well together. It was There was never, like, an awkward tension at the beginning. There was never, like... We had to break the ice. It wasn't, it was just immediately we were all comfortable. And I think part of that was because of why we were going, you know, like we were all in the same mindset. And so not only did we all get along well, but we were all, or we at least all tried to be as encouraging as possible and to start off as a team rather than an, rather than individuals becoming a team. I think it was really cool that these nine random people. It's not like we were some friend group that all decided collectively to go. Nine random college students decided to, on their own, to sign up for London. And we all just kind of fit together like a puzzle. And we all fulfilled roles individually that others couldn't so that everything like every need was met genuinely my answer was going to be the fact that we worked so well together not that i expected there to be any hostility but it's like our send team director he was he was kind of prepping us before going on this trip and one of the things he warned us about was that one of the things that the enemy uses the most is each other to kind of destroy the mission and to destroy our focus and there really wasn't any issue we all got along we all had a good time together and we all were helpful and encouraging in reminding each other why we were there and what we were doing it for and it was really cool to see other people that I didn't know too well be so wise mature and willing to go up to strangers and talk to them like Sierra she talked she talked to a girl for like an hour they went on a little journey together and like she made an impact in that girl's life like was special to her and like to see anna talking to pretty much everyone and anyone she saw and chris talking to each person that he sat next to on the the train or the bus or whatever it was it was just really cool to see people working in their specific special ways and to just be encouraged by that in their own just personality and attitudes all right guys so that was our london trip yeah it was a very condensed version there's so many things in between the lines that we just couldn't even try to describe and the lord was working through it all and it was just absolutely incredible there's if if you're listening and you go to city church there are plenty more opportunities and i would just highly recommend even if you don't have a heart for missions or don't think you could ever be a missionary or go abroad it's still very helpful in like teaching you and training you and just preparing you to just be a good christian and just learn how to do those things that you study studied abroad or learned abroad in wherever you are now so highly encourage it thank you guys so much for listening julia thank you for being here and explaining all of this yeah hopefully i will see you guys around and not sure what the next episode is gonna be but stay tuned and i'm really enjoying doing this guys i would really appreciate you rating the podcast and sharing it with your friends so that it gets a little bigger i'm obviously i don't want to be like mainstream but it would just be cool to see people that i don't know listening to this 
not that I have anything special to like offer them, but it would just be fun to build a little community. So I love you guys and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.